Hello, Julian. Hello, Mike. <laughs> Welcome, everybody, to the next episode of Veterinary Ramblings. And tonight, we're going to let rip on all sorts of things. We're going to talk about sloths. We're going to talk about snow leopards. And wombats. And, and wombats. And we're going to talk about crap. Poo. Poo. And we haven't got a guest because we couldn't find a guest to share poo with. So, no. Mike, I'm going to share poo with you. Well, fine. I'll share poo with you. Well, ding dong. <laughs> ding dong. Wasn't ding that? Dong. Oh, and Leslie Phillips, wasn't it? Leslie Phillips, ding, yeah. Ding yeah. dong. Ding, ding dong. dong. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Hi, I'm Mike Brampton. And my name is Julian Hope. Welcome to Veterinary Ramblings. <laughs> I, I don't suppose you've seen the news tonight, have you? No. You know Dildo Harding? A big pardon? Dido Harding. Dido Harding. Oh, yes, yes. Dido Harding. Now, of course, Dido Harding, I don't know if she's related to, to, to that guy, Boris, or... or, or... Or, or something, but she's she's in charge of our COVID reaction force, isn't she? Or non-reaction, delayed reaction, slow reaction force, yeah. Right, so you missed Re the news tonight, I'm sure. Mm. Right. Check this out. I'll quote as closely as I can, word for word. We are greatly concerned with these new variants of the COVID virus. But you have to understand that nobody could have foreseen that they would mutate or develop new variants. What? <laughs> Coronavirus is one of the most mutable viruses there is. I'm, 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 gonna, I'm gonna get my facts on this. Hold on, let's go and find Boris. <laughs> So, so once again, I find myself totally alone in the studio. Unbelievable. And he's back. Was, was Boris next door? Uh, yes, he, he's, he's going to join us any moment now to talk about this. So, uh, Fantastic. Boris, do, do you want to come on just have a, have a word about this? Yeah. There we go. Oh, this is amazing. Mr. Prime Minister. Yes, thank you, thank you very much. Miss um, um, Brampton, Dr. Yes. Professor Brampton, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yes. something along those lines. Very alarming uh, news uh, tonight um, uh, re regarding the, the, the lack of trust uh, placed in, in my, 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 my very good friend and advisor, uh, Dildo. Um, died in the um, uh, the, 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 the fact is that all, all the evidence, all the really, really strong evidence we've had over the last uh, year has told us that the, the coronavirus uh, cannot mutate. It would be pr pretty much impossible uh, to, to, to do so. And, and yet we're seeing uh, suddenly variants of, of the virus where, where we where we never ever thought despite the fact obviously they, they, they mutated from something uh, that came from either pangolins uh, bats or or or, 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 a, or a lab uh, we're not we're not sure what one of, one of those uh, i'm sure you're aware of um, of evolution and how species mutate and change and vary generation by generation, you're not exactly 
the spitting image of your father, for example, are you? Well, no, that, that, that's a lie. And I, I would vigorously oppose that. All of the genes have come from my, my father, um, as they have through, through many generations of the Johnson family. Uh, my sister is, uh, is actually a clone of, of my father. Uh, this has been proven many times. So, uh, so no, I, I will, I will contest that. Uh, I see. Although I, I believe it was said with the with the best of all possible intents. I see. So, so flu flu is passed on by a virus, is it not? And every year we go to great lengths to make sure that everybody has their flu vaccination, don't we? So, so every year we go to the trouble of investigating and developing new vaccines for new strains of flu. Right. I, I hardly think, hardly think so. I, we, 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 the, the vaccine runs out; it only lasts for a year. <laughs> so, so we don't modify the vaccine to take into account new strains of the flu virus. I don't. I don't believe so. I, I think. I think there's different packets. There's phone my my sage advisor about that. Yes. No. I'm on. I'm on this veterinary ramblings thing with those two two. Bob Johnny's, and they're talking about flu vaccine. You, you know, I told them it wasn't a virus. Oh, oh it is a virus. Oh, right. Well, I, I told them it doesn't mutate because we did. Oh, it does mutate. Oh, we are on the real sort. Not mutate. Right. No, okay, I can use that. Yes. Okay. Good. Good. No, th th things still. Yeah. Sorry, sorry about that. Um, That's all right. Uh, so, um, so let, let, let me let me just um, uh, let, let me let me just update uh, what I said uh, a little bit. Um, uh, that 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 uh, flu virus mm -hmm. is is the cause of, of flu, as yeah. as I believe I said in slightly different words earlier. Um, it, it's caused, of course, by by the virus flu and and and, um, and whilst uh whilst it doesn't mutate as such it 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 um it it um, it, 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 it uh, reassorts uh, the, the the virus uh, genetically reassorts uh, to, to different flu variants uh, and it is that reassortment that we need every year to to to, to actually uh, monitor to, to get the best ever groundbreaking uh, vaccine against flu. So flu is a virus that modifies its genetic code year on year in order to, well, to replicate and go about the thing, doing the thing that viruses do. Absolutely. The thing, the thing they do and the thing they've been paid to do and uh, paid well, I should say. Right. Okay. Oh, oh, hold on. Hold on. Not, not paid. We're not, we, we don't pay the viruses. Um, so what, what on earth makes your uh, lead advisor think that a virus, in this instance, a COVID-19 virus, why would that virus not modify its genetic code and change the way it goes about things? Well, clearly that's not what she said, um, um, uh, Mike. Um, what, what, she, what she did in fact say was that uh, the, the virus itself because it's COVID nineteen, uh, could only uh, ev ever be COVID nineteen, and in fact, um, this year it, it, there will be another form, which is COVID twenty. So clearly, um, year on year, we have to add another another number to it, um, and so 
uh, there'll be a, a yearly um, different vaccine uh, available uh, through our amazing groundbreaking uh, sources to, to counteract the 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 the, uh, the modern uh, or Moderna mo modern the modern uh, virus uh, which is still uh, coronavirus but but just a different year of one. Right, I see. So so. Dido Harding then is correct in saying that nobody could have anticipated that coronavirus might modify its genetic code and thereby change the way it it behaves and and reacts. It, it's a, it's a very it's a very new it's a very new virus, Mike. Uh, no one has ever seen coronavirus, but before last year, it didn't exist uh, other than in bats, pangolins. And and, uh, and military grade labs. It, it did not. There were no. There weren't. Hold on. My phone's ringing. Hold, hold on. Hold on. I, I'm sorry. Yes. It, it. It did. No, that's right. I can, that that particular virus of the coronavirus uh, family, of which there are thousands, uh, didn't exist ever. Um, and, and so because then it was new, we, we, we weren't able to, to know that, that there could ever be a new one, despite the fact that actually there are thousands of, of different coronaviruses uh, and, and, and those other thousands uh, change regularly. There was nothing uh, to, to, to suggest that, that, that this one would, would change at all. However implausibly that sounds, there just wasn't the, the evidence. And, and we're, following, we're following the science, uh, uh, Mike, very, very carefully. Yeah, um, groundbreaking. So it's, it's, yeah. it's new. It's, it's novel, coronavirus. It's novel. It's, complete, it's completely novel. Yes. Uh, uh, or, or, or this one is uh, this week. Uh, no, and next one's what will be. Prime Minister, novels normally get filed under fiction, don't they? And this is pretty much what I'm hearing from you at the moment. Um, I, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't make facts up, um, uh, Mike. I, I follow, I follow the science. Uh, Jolly good. And, and the science, science has told me very much that the that, 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 uh, that the, uh, the, the, the rapidly mutating virus that we once knew as COVID nineteen is. Um, as I said, uh, differing every day. Jolly good. Well, well thank you very much for clarifying I, that, I, that, Prime Minister. Is, I, is there anything I, else I'm you'd glad. like to add? Uh, um, only, uh, please, please, if heaven's sake, don't, don't go out or, right. or, 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 or stay in. Uh, just, uh, I, 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 wrote, I wrote this week uh, a letter thanking the, uh, uh, the, the, the mothers of, of, uh, of children of this great nation uh, for, for their hard work in, in homeschooling. I, it, it started out just, just as a letter to, to, to the mothers of, of my own uh, uh, ch children, but I, I, I sort of lost count, I'm afraid, Mike. So I, I said, I want every mother in, in, in this country, just, just in case I, I missed some. And hopefully they got that and they know that, that, that each uh, uh, of them individually uh, is, is uh, a wonderful, wonderful, warm, warm human being, um, uh, and, and um, uh, I'm sorry if I uh, caused them to have a baby and, and, and didn't phone them uh, at any stage. Uh, I, I apologise for, for that, but they're all in my thoughts. Jolly good. Well, that's, that's very nice of you to say. Um, I, I think it's also worth adding that there are other homeschooling parents around at the moment, and they are males. But that's fine. You can write to the mothers. 
I, I, I never shagged them, Mike. Not, not since, not since public school, anyway. Good, good night, Mike, and, and oh. lovely, uh, lovely speaking to you. That, yes. Thank you very, very much, Mr. Johnson. And uh, may your, may your dog go with you. Yeah, good, goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Do, do I get my money now. You don't get paid. It's just, uh, uh, bugger. <laughs> well, I, that told us, didn't it? <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm glad we've had it straight from the horse's mouth now. It's uh, it's made things a lot clearer to me, and it shows his his incredible uh, understanding actually of, uh, of virology generally. I I, yeah. I mean, I I studied uh, microbiology at, at college and and obviously biology before that, but uh, that that was outstanding. If, if only he'd been one of my lecturers, so. Who knows? It's so clear and, and consistent. That's the thing. It'll never tell yeah. you a different story. Uh, yeah. It's a good thing about him. Yeah. Uh, but, but absolutely beggar's belief how yeah. they could claim that they didn't know the virus would mutate when we've been unable to create a vaccine for feline infectious peritonitis, which is caused by coronavirus. We've never been able to create an effective vaccine because there are so many variants of feline coronavirus that can cause the infection and they're so similar to the ones that can't and to create an effective vaccine has been impossible. I think it's amazing that we've been able to create a vaccine, in fact several vaccines, that at least have the promise of yep. effectiveness. It would be naive in the extreme to, uh, to assume that we wouldn't have to modify those vaccines at some stage because of yep. different variants. Oh, they are naive. That's right. Or, or is the word I'm looking for um, stupid? <laughs> Cheers. 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 <laughs> Cheers. Do, do you like the pictures here, Mike? Mm. Yeah. Very much so. For me, it's top left. A beautiful black and white photograph of... No, the other side. For me, yeah, yeah, that's that's it. Which is, of course, a beautiful picture, black and white picture, which sort of really brings out the the soft depth of a snow leopard's fur. And they, they they are they are my favourite felid. Really have, have you ever got to grips with one? I have. I have quite literally. Uh, yeah. I worked at Chessington Zoo for a while, and I of got to bottle did. feed. Yeah, got to bottle feed uh, some baby snow leopards. Yeah, and they were. Absolutely amazing. They are. Uh, they're called in in some cultures, and I think in in, in um, an old British term for them was the ounce, because they tread so lightly they hardly leave a dent in snow. Oh right. And the Latin name is, I believe, Panthera uncia. How many were there actually at Chessington whilst you were there? There were seven. There were two adults right. and yep. five kittens. So I don't remember the kittens. I remember the adults because I knocked them down, um, gave them an anaesthetic many, many years ago. Yes. I'm just wondering whether that would have overlapped with, with you. There was Kumba, the big male gorilla there. Didn't ever have anything to do with Kumba. No. I think um, it was Kumba. He was a, was a huge fellow. And I, I helped operate on him. So as a, as a first year vet student, Oh wow! Uh, the, the the vet knocked him down, 
Yeah. And he used he used a blue pipe. And he said yep. to, he said, steer well clear because Cumber will will grab the dart and throw it back. And so he, <laughs> he he blew this dart and then dived. And I was just watching around the side and Cumber went grab. <laughs> throw and, and a second after throwing it did a real sort of slow motion King Kong falling over here. <laughs> <laughs> he had a gash on his leg that we need to stitch up. So I was holding him and taking his pulse right. while, while this was going on and holding this huge great leathery hand. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, and and the, the vet was uh, was stitching the, the leg. And then I could just feel this hand sort of twitching a bit. And I thought that's nice. It's a nice feeling. And I suddenly thought, maybe I should mention this to, to the vet. <laughs> so I told him, he said, shit, let's get out now. Ah! And we got out. And, and a second after closing the door, this 650-pound mounting gorilla boom, against the bars, fully awake by then, and um, then started throwing excrement at us. And he said, uh, he said he would never forget that, ever. And it's true. A few days later, I was walking past his... Um, his enclosure, and there was this flop from the back of my head, and this lump of gorilla crap hit me. And about six months later, I went to visit the zoo and uh, looked around, and there was this group of really annoying tourists. I stood behind them because I was trying to get a good view of Kumba, and I, I couldn't. They were just—they're all in the way. So I called out, "Kumba, Kumba!" And I could just see him going. <laughs> he recognised first my voice and then my face. And he showered these tourists with crap. <laughs> and I walked away whistling. <laughs> it was quite incredible. Absolutely amazing. They, what, a, what a memory they, they, for me. They and, do and remember you, though, don't they? Yeah, they do. I, they I, do. I, I mean, the same, same zoo you're referring to there, Chessington, um, there was a Black Panther there. Oh, um, yes. Called Sahara. Now, Sahara... Sahara loved me. Sahara wanted me. For dinner? Probably. <laughs> We'd done a dental procedure on her. She'd been put away in a dark cage to, to recover from the anaesthetic. And uh, I had to go into the, a, a sort of a slot area right next to the cage um, to get some equipment for the next case that we were doing. I realised that in the darkness, there was a black shadow moving backwards and forwards at the back of her cage. And suddenly she rushed the cage. It was a... <laughs> and it was that deep, guttural... You don't hear it. It resonates it's, in your body. It's like an explosion, isn't it? Yeah, and it just resonates in your body. You, you don't just hear it, you feel the... Mm. the, the <laughs> Whoa! Dashed out of there. I, I think Sahara's awake. Yeah, that's great, Mike. Did you get the kit? Ah. No, I didn't. Okay. Back in a second. So I went back again. And she was back, pacing again at the back of the cage, backwards and forwards. And I looked at her and I thought, well, again, I've got a cage here between me. We're, we're cool. And I know what she's going to do this time. Mm-hmm. And these, these sort of yellowy-green eyes locked in the darkness onto me. I went, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're going to do. Bang! Into the cage. She hammered again. 
the guys had told me that she tends to hook keepers underneath the cage. Well, this is what she went for this time. And Swiping I had enough, the court. Yeah, well, I had enough time to stand up and look down and realise that this was a solid bottom of the cage. So she couldn't actually hook her paw through and get my ankle. Woo! Oh, well, no problem. And I'm looking down, and I'm only a matter of, I don't know, two foot away from her. And she sort of levitated. And there was a crossbar on the cage about the height of my shoulders. Yes. And I'm now standing up, standing over her. And she levitated, put her two great paws onto the crossbar, where my shoulders would have been if, if the bar hadn't been there. She mm. pressed her face in between the bars. And I could see the work that we'd done, the dental work. And, and I've got yeah. this sort of subtle scent of catalytosis. <laughs> and I thought, yeah, yeah, well, well, we did that one well. That's a nice filling. Oh, that's jolly good. And you're obviously feeling a lot better. And then she went... <laughs> right in my face. Blew <laughs> your back. <laughs> okay, I'm out of here. You win. Anyway, about about three four weeks later, the, the the park in question, very 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 kindly, because the work we'd been doing, sent me some tickets to bring my family along. So we went to the to the zoo and the the amusement park there for the day. And uh, I said, "Come on, let's, let's go and see. Let's go and visit some of the the animals that I've I've been working on." But we went down towards the exhibit, a lovely big cage with with Sahara in. And she was asleep on top of a rock. The, the other visitors were sort of trying to bang on the on the doors and the guardrail to sort of try and attract some attention. And there was this black panther fast asleep on top of this rock. Mm -hmm. So I've got my two young boys, one either side, walking down towards Sahara. And we got behind the crowd, a little bit similar to your uh, gorilla story there. Sahara picked up her head, spotted me, stood up on the rock and leapt off the rock at the cages. Of course, all the tourists just parted. <laughs> so I'm just left there with my boys and this furious black panther pacing backwards and forwards, trying to get through the glass to get at me. And I said, I, I think she likes me, boys. <laughs> That was it. But uh, yeah, similar experience. But that's not a, that's not a gorilla you've got there. That's a Columbus monkey, isn't it? Columbus. This, this, is a, Columbus. this is a Columbus. A, a Columbus. Do you know what Columbus means? No. It's Greek, Columbus. It means mutilated or maimed. And the reason is that Columbus monkeys have four digits. They've got no thumb, no opposing thumb. All right. The first uh, naturalists to describe them mm -hmm. thought that, that these ones had been in an accident. They said to, um, to the, uh, the, the, the bush ranger who brought them in, that these... These obviously been mutilated. Right. Trying to bring me some with you know, with, with all, all five fingers because we can't display these in a museum because they're, they're not they're not proper species. And so they got more. And it turns out, you know, none of them had thumbs. And so the name mutilated monkey uh, stuck. Or, so they were or called Columbus. 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 Yeah. Uh, the, well, their other name is flying monks because they're, they're wonderful, sort of almost feathery, long hairs. Yeah, black cloaks look, make them look a bit like they've taken holy orders. But they're very delicate animals. They 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 eat flowers, usually right. hibiscus flowers. Yeah, oh. yeah. So the, this four fingers thing mm. is is that your tenuous link between the Columbus monkey and the sloth? I can see trying to pick its way through your hair. Yeah, well that that one has only fifty percent of the numbers of, uh, of digits. 
that the uh, the columnist has. These are these are two-toed sloths or sleuths. And whenever someone says sloths, you normally think of the of the three-fingered ones. They're the ones with the, um, the sort of lazy grins and spectacles. I, I thought Boris Johnson would come back in studio <laughs> for a second then. <laughs> But but the reason that I have that picture of a sloth there and not my usual pictures, this isn't the room I'm normally in with the Bavarian behind me. This is um, yeah. this is the workshop with uh, with toolboxes behind me. But I'm I'm relegated to here because of homeschooling, mm-hmm. and I thought I'd I'd make this a bit neater. Now the last few Zoom meetings I've done for for work, I just have the toolbox in the background and the exercise bike there that gathers quite a lot of dust. Uh, <laughs> But I had to had to tart the place up a bit because I spoke to a very special person last week. All right. On Zoom. Yeah. Who is uh, that? Who? Well, she's she's a, a leading authority on sloths. She's a TV zoologist. All right. Uh, widely reputed to be, dare I say, the next David Attenborough. May he live forever. Wow. Her name her name is Lucy Cook, and she's lovely. Wow. She's lovely. She knows. Everything you ever wanted to know about sloths, but were afraid to ask. She paints a very interesting story about the sloths. There are lots of different breeds, varieties of sloths. So I mentioned the two-toed and the three-toed, and each of those have, have several variants. But <laughs> sloths are amazing. Sloths are absolutely incredible. And, and you can't, if you try and get a sloth to walk on its front, it goes, yeah. a bit, bit like, a bit like me after recording veterinary ramblings, actually. Yeah. But they are amazingly powerful. Uh, holding on to to branches a bit like you when you're climbing a bit like me when i'm climbing yeah well, uh, not amazingly powerful anyway, so, yeah, so, so, so hang on a minute so so they're 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 a bit like you after veterinary ramblings because they can't support themselves and mm-hmm. slump onto the floor and they're a bit like you with their ability to climb mm-hmm. show me your thumbs come on hmm I suspect you might have a certain amount of sloth in you. I'm slowly mutating. Actually, I am during lockdown. I'm mutating <laughs> into the sloth. I can feel this. This isn't a shirt I'm wearing. This is the algae actually growing on my skin. <laughs> Aren't we all mutating into sloths during lockdown? Oh, my word. I, I, I took a call today and um, I, had, I had to break off from eating my bacon sandwich. <laughs> Oh, the rotters. Um, but yeah, it was a business call as well. And they said, are we interrupting? Is this convenient? I said, no, it's okay. I was just finishing my breakfast. It's 10.33, Mike. Went, yes. Well, isn't that a bit late for breakfast? I said, oh, I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. No, I've been up for hours, but when I get up, I don't feel very hungry. So I sort of get hungry sort of mid-morning. It's sort of almost my lunch. But because it's the first meal of the day, I'm classifying it as breakfast. I'm sure they believed me. Excellent one. Excellent one. <laughs> I, I was suddenly reminded of Keith Floyd. Why? Drummer Keith Floyd? Yes. He was a, he was a very famous chef. Yeah, um, well, no, you see, he, he was a famous cook. All right, he was a famous cook then. But I, I, I'm being really pedantic then because he was pedantic. He, he always said, I'm not a chef. I'm not a chef because chefs have actually trained to do it. I just taught myself and I cook an awful lot and I've owned about 15 restaurants and therefore I'm a cook, but I'm not a chef. What he was, of course, was a complete alcoholic. Yeah. And I yeah. 
football chap uh, far too young. But his his programmes were, were absolutely amazing. And he reckoned that the best breakfast was something that you had when you felt comfortable about the day. And so, you know, if, if you have your breakfast at 3.30 in the afternoon, well, that's great. What a great time for breakfast. You can have a snack before then, but it's not a true breakfast until you feel comfortable about the day and you can start it with a good meal. And so... <laughs> I very much take that advice to heart or, or to or to stomach. <laughs> so, so do you um, do you emulate the uh, the amount of alcohol that he drinks whilst cooking? You know, it's uh, one dash for the pot and a glass for me, and, and I, I, maybe a, a, a slight flavour for the pot <laughs> and a glass for me. I tried. I think it's difficult or impossible to keep up with him, uh, and, and not burn your food. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. it becomes a time in a barbecue where you just think, oh, "I want a bit of a lie down and maybe, maybe a bit of sick." I don't know. So, so you, listen, I, I want to ask you because you, you've told us a lot about slots, mm, a like lot slots. about snow leopards. I love snow leopards and Columbus monkeys. Mm, mm. What do you know about wombats? Wombats. I bet you there's something I know that you don't know. Okay, wombats. Well, well, they're marsupials. Uh, yep. They're from Australia, yep. and they look a bit like um, a bit like koala bears that haven't got such nice hair, and uh, they can't climb trees very well, so they live in holes in the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, that's pretty much it. Okay. Well, Reasonable, reasonable description of wombat. Did you know? Well, you probably obviously didn't, otherwise you'd have mentioned it. <laughs> that when they poo, they have cube-shaped poo. Cube-shaped, but no way. They have little cubes, little square poos. Really? Yeah. Wow. Go on, Google it. Wombat cube-shaped dung. There we go. And it comes up with that. Why? <laughs> I'm going to look at images first. And they are. They're like little dice. They are. They, they are like, do you know, like, they're like OXO stock cubes. Yeah. They're exactly like OXO stock cubes or for our American listeners, a little bit like dice. So why do wombats... <laughs> what? How? How do they have that? <laughs> because poo is shaped... <laughs> Poo is shaped by by a sphincter. Uh, it's not shaped by a sphincter, though, is it? It has to pass through a sphincter. Well, it is going to pass through a sphincter, yeah. yeah. Interesting. Do you know what sphincter means? Go on, changing the subject now because you don't so, know. Sphincter <laughs> comes from sphinx. Yeah. And the sphinx in ancient mythology used to strangle people. Oh, I see. Sphingos. Sphingos so that... is constriction or strangling. Right. So we have sphincters that strangle things. Um, but so hold on, I'm looking at this. Uh, so how? How on earth? How? how do they do cube-shaped poos? Do I actually have to answer you this? And, and can we learn how to do it, oh master? <laughs> but an answer to your second question. Oh, so cubes yes. do yes. We can. Okay. We can. It re- requires surgery, and and it is essentially because we've we've got circular muscle going around. Our, our, our intestines um, 
they have striations. So the wall of their, uh, their intestines has got a, a thick muscular striation with an unmuscularized or thinner striation and then a thick striation. And the effect of that is with peristalsis, as the, as the muscular contraction moves the, the food and the waste down through the colon, it turns into a square. And that's where their poos come from. Wow. I'm just I'm blown away by that. <laughs> Cubic poos. Cubic poos. Poo squared. Like pi squared, isn't it? But poo squared. Poo squared, yeah. Wow, that's amazing. And that's why Aborigines don't play dice games. <laughs> <laughs> or or drink oxo. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's amazing. So so I wonder how dung beetles cope with it then, because they won't they wouldn't roll, would they? You get this dung beetle goes, ah, there's a nice big one there, or just a oh, <laughs> I normally go backwards, don't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but don't dung beetles just break off some poo and it's by nature of them rolling it that turns it into a perfect uh, perfect sphere? Maybe. Possibly. Yeah, a bit. Yeah, perhaps. Perhaps. Not being an expert on giraffe yeah. or zebra poos, but I don't think they come out as perfect spheres. I think the perfect sphere comes about as part of a bit like rolling a snowman. Yes. Yes, indeed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. the roll really, yeah. turns it into a sphere. But it's an odd thing, isn't it? I can't think of any other species that has square poo. Imagine if elephants had square poos. You could build could houses. Could, yes, you could, or sell them as, as stools. <laughs> Stool stools. <laughs> <laughs> and tables. If nature had given us that, it would have been much better, wouldn't it, for house production? And elephants would never have been uh, poached to near extinction in some parts of the world because they think, hey, hey, ho, oh, oh, we need these. They build mm. our houses. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. But how much better? I want to make a, a house of wombat poo. Yes, I, I see. I see your mm. your desire there because it's all square and it's very nice. Unfortunately, wombats are not the size of elephants. And um, it's small. No, 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 no. Organic Lego. Organic Lego. Other, other building blocks are available, but organic Lego is now wombat poo. Wow. I wonder what the Lego people I'd have to say about that comment. I don't know. What, what you need to do is, uh, <laughs> so you get each wombat, you need to drill six little holes in the bottom of it. Yeah. And, and then on the top, you stick mouse poo or rat poo. <laughs> get, get some rat poo, cut it in half and just put that on. That'd be fantastic. Poo's an amazing thing. And actually, we're talking about zoos. And um, when I was working at Chessington Zoo, one of the highlights of my, of my trip there, my, my working time there, was looking after the hippo. Right. Now, hippos are one of the most dangerous animals in I, the world. I, I came across them a few times in, in Africa. and well, um... You were canoeing, weren't you? No, I wasn't, I wasn't canoeing in Africa, but um, I, I, I was on a boat at one point. Mm. It was at dusk, and there were a couple of local fishermen who were out in their their open canoes, 
and it's it's that whole symbiotic relationship thing because guess what hippos do poos in the water Hmm. so you get all this beautifully nutrient rich poo absolutely hugely yeah which of course attracts fish so where are you most likely to catch fish to feed your family behind a hippo behind a hippo but of course you've also got this this really intriguing juxtaposition this paradox that the hippo is as you say i mean the the hippo kills more human beings in africa every year than all of the rest of the species put together so you're sort of dicing with death and we, we sat and watched these these guys fishing in dugout canoes casting their nets behind a herd of hippo really yeah because they they knew the fish would be there nibbling they knew the fish would be there they and they were catching fish wow that's amazing i was at chesterton zoo i was looking after the, the hippo there and i can't remember his name now but it was a very very friendly one and the thing it really really loved was getting a huge toilet brush and rubbing its teeth with it right and so you'd stand there for hours, you'd, you'd rub its tongue, clean its tongue with the, with, the, with the bath brush and then clean its upper and lower molars and upper and lower canines with it. Right. And so I was doing this, feeling like you know, the, the luckiest person in the world because here yeah. I was with a hippo. Most amazing. And I was holding it. So the tongue at that stage was, was about my size, you know, Years back, I wasn't. I wasn't any shorter, to be honest. But it's about my size, and um, I was. This was. This was life at its ultimate best. And all I could hear was click, 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 click. And I turned around, and there were these tourists there, all taking pictures. And so, I'm afraid it wasn't the best of 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 times for me. I I preened. I thought, "Ah." (laughs) oh yes. I'm Jack the Lad, I am. <laughs> I can I can groom hippos' mouths. So I, I spent a while I click, 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 click. Yes, here I am cleaning the hippo's mouth. And now I'm cleaning behind its ear. Was this and a male I'm, hippo? It's a male hippo. Okay, carry on. Carry on with the Absolutely. story. Absolutely. You're, you're there. <laughs> and, and here I am cleaning behind it. Suddenly there was this sounds and it crapped and the the tail goes around like a helicopter yeah and it sprayed poo about 100 kilos of poo i'm only exaggerating a small amount <laughs> over me and and so the front of me turned instantly a sort of brownie green khaki color except for this roughly toilet brush shaped mark where i'd I'd had the foresight to cover the majority of myself up with this brush. Pulled away, there was this clean bit here. <laughs> no, no, don't take a picture of that. No, no. That, that wasn't actually where I thought you were going to go with that. <laughs> ah, good. I'm glad in that case. <laughs> An infinitely preferable end. In, indeed, indeed. <laughs> to that particular story. Yeah, you got to love a happy ending, haven't you? <laughs> you got to. So then we've got, we've got wombat poo, which is cuboid, yeah. and, uh, and hippo poo, which is sprayed 
everywhere. Yeah. And uh, we've got rabbit poo, which has two types and has a soft type, the, the coprolites that they then go on and eat to, to re, uh, re-digest and the rather drier types that, uh, that go into Eccles cakes. Mm-hmm. And uh, elephant poo, which is big, and, and camel poo, which is used uh, for, for making houses, and dog poo, which um, can, can uh, actually be used as walnut whips if you run out of them. Well, the dog, dog poo in the UK very often is used as a, um, a hedge decoration, isn't it? It is. It is, yes. It's Usually little dangly in, bags. Yeah, yeah. picked up, picked up yeah. off the pavement in, in dangly bags and cast into the thorn bush. And there's poo bag fairies, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but by this, this odd idea that if, you, if you're well-intentioned enough and you pick your, your, uh, your dog's poo up, and put it in a bag and carry it to a tree and hang it from that. That's that's good ownership. Yeah. And I, I, I will come back one day. Hmm. They, they never do. They never, ever do. No, or, or they, they just toss do. it into the hedge for the uh, poo bag fairies. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, you, you can't tell <laughs> that's one of the things that gets me across, can you? <laughs> I, I, I hate it. I absolutely... I really hate. There's no need for it at all. It's no. absolutely awful. It's disgusting, and those people ought to be horsewhipped. So, <laughs> but, but there's also there's there's some there's poo that you drink. What? There's poo that you drink. There is a, a type of coffee called uh, it's called Kopi Luwak, and Kopi Luwak is is a coffee. You know, it's made. Is it cherry? coffee beans that have been eaten by a palm civet yeah i was trying i had to look it up because i couldn't remember the name the 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 latin name of the palm civet which is a great name it's it's paradoxirus hermodophritus and so clearly here's a civet that doesn't know whether it's coming or going but when it does go it produces coffee which is just great isn't it well it it is but uh, oh we don't want to investigate the civet coffee industry do we we, we, we don't really. I'm sure that the civet coffee industry is not as nice and organic as you might think it is. I tend to agree. I, I think what little I know of it, it's um, probably not far off mink farming. I, I, I heard about it years ago. I had this, this really quite romantic idea of people who would wander around and find, oh, look, here, what luck, what luck. Here is another pile of, of civet, poo. civet poo. Excellent. That's the third one I found today. What amazing luck. But no, I suspect that these Asian palm civets are kept in appalling conditions, fed coffee beans in excess of what they would actually normally eat. And the poo is then harvested and sold to rich people who have no morals and no better idea of what they want to put in their mouths than something that will actually bring uh, one of the most amazing animals on this earth to to extinction sooner than it would otherwise. They're there on the list of people who would be horsewhipped. It's a growing list. It's a growing do you, list. Do you, do you have a big list of people you want to horsewhip? Oh, yeah. Yeah, bank manager at the top of them. But uh, there's a big <laughs> list. There is a big list. Growing sadly day by day. This is sounding like a rant, Mike. This is unlike us. We don't rant, do we? Yeah, we do all the time. Oh, that's we do. That's right. That's that's right. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, <laughs> I think this is the, that's the only thing that people tune in for us. <laughs> We're very good at renting. I wish I was a sloth who, who could survive on, on, on a very low-stress 
day and just eating leaves, or a colobus monkey who just eats flowers, or I thought, a, I thought we covered this, didn't we? Yeah, but did not not not. No, this, didn't not, I read you a not, story once upon a time? Don't don't turn out the stories you read me. Yeah, did, did, did didn't I read you a story once upon a time? Yeah, you might have done about the the super intelligent alien being that chose to be human and then oh yes chose to be a horse and just before he turned into a horse wondered what sort of being he was the descent of species by david eagleman it's a great story really good story <laughs> are you are you sitting comfortably i'm sitting comfortably you're sitting comfortably then i shall begin in the afterlife you are treated to a generous opportunity you can choose whatever you would like to be in the next life. Would you like to be a member of the opposite sex? Born into royalty? A philosopher with bottomless profundity? A soldier facing triumphant battles? But perhaps you've just returned here from a hard life. Perhaps you were tortured by the enormity of the decisions and responsibilities that surrounded you. And now there's only one thing you yearn for. Simplicity. Well, that's permissible. So for the next round, you choose to be a horse. You covet the bliss of that simple life. Afternoons of grazing in grassy fields, the handsome angles of your skeleton and the prominence of your muscles, the peace of the slow flicking tail or the steam rifling through your nostrils as you lope across snow blanketed plains. You announce your decision. Incantations are muttered, a wand is waved, and your body begins to metamorphose into a horse. Your muscles start to bulge. A mat of strong hair erupts to cover you like a comfortable blanket in winter. The thickening and lengthening of your neck immediately feels normal as it comes about. Your carotid arteries grow in diameter. Your fingers blend hoofward. Your knees stiffen, your hips strengthen. Meanwhile, as your skull lengthens into its new shape, your brain races in its changes. Your cortex retreats as your cerebellum grows. The homunculus melts man to horse. Neurons redirect, synapses unplug and replug on their way to equestrian patterns. And your dream of understanding what it is like to be a horse gallop towards you from a distance. Your concerns about human affairs begins to slip away. Your cynicism about human behavior melts. And even as your human way of thinking begins to drift away from you, suddenly, just for a moment, you are aware of the problem you overlooked. The more you become a horse, the more you forget the original wish. You forget what it was like to be human, wondering what it was like to be a horse. This moment of lucidity does not last long, but it serves as a punishment of your sins. A, prom a Promethean entrails pecking moment, crouching half horse, half man, with the knowledge that you cannot appreciate the destination without knowing the starting point. You cannot revel in the simplicity unless you remember the alternatives. And that is not the worst of your revelation. You realise that the next time you return here with your thick horse brain, you won't have the capacity to ask to become a human again. You won't understand what a human is. Your choice to slide down the intelligence ladder is irreversible. And just before you lose your human final faculties, 
you painfully ponder what magnificent extraterrestrial creature enthralled with the idea of finding a simpler life chose in that last round to become a human <laughs> that, yeah. that's, that's from a book of short stories called some tales from the afterlives by a fabulous author well i i enjoy his work called david eagleman did yeah, you enjoy that, that, that then, Julian? I, I love it. I, I loved it the first time you read it. I, I love it now. It, it really, it really is actually more true than you might think at first hearing or first reading, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah a lesson what there. you wish for. Absolutely. Mm. Your your reading of that amazing story rather irreverently reminded me of a joke. Go on then. About this about this chap who who goes into uh, to see. Uh, an innovative neurophysiologist and he said um, he's like, I wonder if you can help me I, I've, I've uh, come across some of your research on Google Scholar and I believe you may be the person to help me and this guy says yes well what, what can I do so well I've, I've just found the ideal job that I really really love I've never been so happy in a job as I have in my life so I'm very pleased for you so well, yeah, the problem is that I'm not entirely suited to it. So what do you mean? It sounds, it sounds very dreadful to say it, but, but I think I'm rather too intelligent for the job I have. The, the, the people I work with are, are rather less intelligent than me and they, they do deride me somewhat. They mock me. Um, and it makes for awkward times during coffee and tea breaks. I'm there having my Asian palm civet coffee and they're drinking Nescafe Gold Blend and I can I can feel the ill will. I wonder if there's any way that, that you can reduce my intelligence quotients a little bit. He said, well, how intelligent are you? He said, well, I'm around 159. He said, well, okay, that's fairly high. I don't, I don't need that intelligence. The job I'm doing, I won't say what it is, but the job I'm doing, I, I just don't need it, and actually it's getting in the way. He said, well, I can reduce it, but I'm afraid you know, that there's no turning back. You know, if I reduce it, it doesn't come in. I don't, I don't need it. I really don't. He said, okay, I, I can do that. He says, and he puts this, this funny contraption on this guy's head with electrodes that are sort of carefully gummed in. And he, he turns the crank up a bit and, and gives it 10 minutes of, of power. And he says, he says, how's that? And he says, um, I think that's a little bit better. Let me see. Um, pi. 3.1415. No, no, no. It's too, it's too much. I don't, I don't need it. It's too much. It's excessive. I don't need this. Uh, another another 10 minutes or so. He said, well, five minutes. Okay, five minutes. Okay, so he, so he turns it up. Turns it up. And he says, how, how's that? He says, well, let's have a look. Um, I can remember all the states of the USA. I can remember Columbus being uh, mutilated. No, again, it's too, it's too much. I, I, I don't need this. Can just down a little bit more. Down a more. How's that? He says, uh, well, let, let me see. Um, uh, London, capital of... Uh, uh, capital of um, uh, England. Yeah, still too much. I, I remember it, but I don't. I don't. I don't need that. He said, "Well, I, I can take you down further if you want, but it's it's 
it's not good. Look, I, honestly, I don't need that, mate. I'm telling you, I do not need it. It's wasted brain space. All I need for my job is let's have a laugh. Let's go out to the pub on a Friday night, all right? Please do it. He said, okay, I'll, I'll do it all the way, but you're not near it. I do need it, right? So he whizzes it all up. This guy goes, ah, oh, oh, oh. I've gone too far. No, oh, God, it's right, right. No, I think that's about the level I need, actually. Thank you very much indeed. Um, do, do, I, do I pay by check or, or, or what? <laughs> that's, oh, Jim, best joke of the series. I love it. Oh, I don't know. Wow. <laughs> hey, it's a great series, isn't it? Yeah, I, actually, actually, on, on that note, I mean, I was going to sue my my neurosurgeon. Wait. Yeah, but he changed my mind. <laughs> yeah. How fabulous is that? Best one, best well, one ever. You. Thanks very much. Oh, you're very. It, it was quite different from the version I used to tell twenty years ago. <laughs> <laughs> These these days, these times have given me such a lot of, of material to work with. <laughs> Absolutely superb, superb. I've loved it. Well, listen, mate, I, I've loved catching up with you tonight. It's it's been absolutely super. And, it's been great. And and I hope all of you, our our, our precious listeners, have enjoyed what we've put together for you tonight. And. Um, if you have, then tell your friends, share it, link it, and don't don't forget, leave us a big, big thumbs up or a tick, like or share, whether it be on Facebook, Spotify, YouTube, or whichever format you you indulge in your veterinary ramblings with us on. Then uh, let us know, subscribe, and uh, send us a message. And if there's anybody you'd like us particularly to talk to then drop us a line and make a suggestion. We've had some great suggestions so far. Get involved and uh, I hope you enjoy, continue to enjoy. So on that note, Julian. On that bombshell, Mike. Bombshell. May your dog go with you. May your dog go with you too. Good Cheers. night, Julian. Cheers. Good night, Mike. Cheers.